The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. So it's no secret that the 2017 hurricane season was complete devastation to the eastern Caribbean islands. And Carnival Cruise Line has 20 uh, out of 25 of their ships based in the Caribbean. So I thought we'd do a Caribbean update here. We have the vice president of port operations, Terry Thornton. He's uh, with Carnival Cruise Line on the line, and he joins us. Hey, Terry, how you doing, buddy? Great to be with you again. So obviously deciding when a port is ready to uh, receive ships again is a tough call. What was the final factor that led you to say, okay, San Juan is ready for business? Well, from uh, there's two different uh, ways to think about San Juan. One would be home port operations, where the ship actually turns around there, boards new people and debarks people. And then there is uh, calls that just, uh, we call them transit calls, calls that go to San Juan just to visit for the day. So they're a little bit different in terms of what you need to make sure that they uh, will do the best things for our guests. Let me start with transit port first, maybe that, because we've been going back to San Juan for a while now as a transit port. And what you need there is obviously, after the hurricane went through, it needs to be cleaned up, it needs to be tidy, it needs to have um, the ability for people to move around with transportation. We have to have a vast majority of the shore excursions that we had in place before the storm available to our guests because it's really important. Um, And then in terms of people that don't do an organized excursion, what is there to do for them? Can they walk around Old San Juan? Are the shops open? Are the restaurants open? Are there abilities just to walk to other um, features by themselves and do things on their own? So we look at that very closely. And so before we send the ship back, we send our whole team down to evaluate everything and take a look at all the tours, make sure that everything's operational, and then make the judgment that it's, uh, it's, it's uh, perfectly fine for our guests. And so as on a transit call basis, we've been going back uh, for well, about uh, a little over seven weeks now. Mm-hmm. And the the reason I kind of wanted to talk with you today is um, it's one thing for the cruise lines to talk about everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine, don't trust us, that's good. It's another thing for me to tell you about how our guests are actually rating their experience in San Juan when they visit. Because after a cruise, we send um, a survey to all guests and ask them all things, everything about the cruise and uh, everything about the ports. And so what I can tell you about the calls in San Juan is that the ratings we're receiving in San San Juan now are higher than we were receiving prior to the storm. Hmm. And so what what that means is there's a great testament to all the the people working so hard in San Juan to make it a good uh, experience for our guests. And so we're very, very excited about that. And if you take it further than that and you think about St. Thomas and St. Martin, we're seeing the exact same ratings uh, picture there. Our guests are rating St. Thomas calls and St. Martin calls higher than prior to the storm. And so we're very, we wanted to get that data out there because, uh, like I said, it's very easy for the cruise lines to say, yeah, it's fine. It's another thing for our guests to be telling people that it's fine and telling their friends and relatives what a great experience they had. So uh, that's really exciting uh, things for us to uh, to be uh, be able to share with you. 
What do you attribute those high scores to? Because, I mean, everything's not back open in St. Thomas. Or have they just pumped a lot of money into this place and making it that much better? Yes, and all three of the ports that I just talked about, San Juan, St. Thomas, and St. Martin, there has been just a major influx of um, um, money, effort, training, things, to, because the destinations beyond cruise tourism, obviously, they have a very large uh, hotel uh, tourism organization mm-hmm. as well. Or, and so it was very important to their economies and very important to their uh, employment and very important to their citizens that this happens quickly and it comes back even stronger than it was before. And um, what, what the great thing about cruising in terms of uh, destinations that might have been impacted by a storm is a lot of times we can come back quicker and then maybe some of the hotels and things will be able to come back. Hotels maybe have to be have some construction work and those kind of things that takes time. Uh, but cruising can come back faster, and as long as we had the key ingredients I talked about before in place, our guests will have a great time. So I think it really is the the focus uh, to be uh, really ready for cruise tourism, the money that poured in to help uh, these destinations uh, get through this. And also, I think the rejuvenation of we need need this to really resonate with the cruise business because you you know better than anybody in today's world. If we went back and the people that were coming off our ships were saying, well, yeah, it was all right, it was mediocre, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, that spreads like wild through fire through social media, and that doesn't play well for any parts of their tourism, cruise tourism or the land-based tourism. So they really focused heads down on the things that were most important to get cruising going, and they've really done a, a really amazingly good job. Obviously, Carnival Fascination is based in San Juan year-round, and it goes to some islands on the itinerary that were hit by the hurricane. Are these islands back open for business, or are there still some work that needs to be done? Well, um, all of the ports that the the Fascination goes to as the home port operation in San Juan are A-OK. So where it goes right now, it goes to St. Thomas, it goes to Barbados, it goes to St. Lucia, it goes to St. Kitts, and it goes to St. Martin. So really, um, from the Barbados and St. Lucia's of the world, there was not much of, as much of an impact as, as farther north in the Caribbean chains. St. Kitts was a little bit out of the major path and came back very fast, and we just talked about St. Thomas. So um, all the ports on the Fascination itinerary are up and running and really ready for our guests to deliver them with a great experience. I think there was this pretense that the hurricanes wiped out all of the Eastern Caribbean, you know? Yeah, I think that really got played that way. But if if I was a consumer and I was looking on the television, I was seeing what was happening in San Juan and maybe some of the Virgin Islands, I would have gotten that impression too. Yeah. <laughs> so I can certainly see that. Uh, but it was a misperception. So, um, you know, the great thing, even right after the storm, um, Carnival Cruise Line is in a good position in the Eastern Caribbean, even when there was some damage to the places we've been talking about. Because we have two purpose-built ports, uh, Grand Turk and Amber Cove mm-hmm. in this region of the Eastern Caribbean. And those those destinations were not as impacted and came back very quickly. So we were able to keep uh, you know, a complement of Eastern Caribbean cruises going, even when St. Thomas and San Juan, St. Martin weren't quite available yet. But now it's powerful because we are really the only brand that can operate from forgetting about San Juan for just a second, from Florida, mm-hmm. we're the, really the only brand that can operate a beautiful four-port Eastern Caribbean itinerary that includes Grand Turk, San Juan, St. Thomas, 
in Amber Cove in seven days. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just a spectacular itinerary, but it's because of our investment in Grand Turk and Amber Cove that has made that possible. And to be able to work that in then with calls in beautiful ports of San Juan and St. Thomas, it's just a powerful itinerary. Um, and so our guests love it and really rate it very highly. So it has been a misperception, I think. Uh, yeah. But that's why I kind of wanted to kind of clear the air a little bit on, uh, and like I said, it's not just us saying it. It is our guests saying that these destinations are back and delivering a great experience. Carnival Fascination was chartered for a few months by the Federal Emergency Management Agency after the hurricanes to kind of hit the house of the workers uh, while they were working. And then after the charter was up uh, with FEMA, it went into dry dock to get some new enhancements. Now, I know it got a Geisberger joint because that's my favorite, but what other enhancements did Carnival Fascination get in this dry dock? Well, first of all, uh, we're, we're very proud that we were able to help with the FEMA charter operation in St. Croix. And uh, there was a lot of great work that the FEMA team has done in St. Croix, and we're very proud to be a very small part of that. So, uh, as you said, after um, uh, on February 4th, the ship uh, ended the charter with FEMA and headed to Dry Dock in Freeport. And um, it's been there and still is there, as, as you can say. It'll be back in service uh, this Sunday, uh, February 18th, in San Juan. And so in the meantime, we haven't been just uh, kicking back and taking it easy. Uh, we were adding a whole host of new features to the Carnival Fascination. So as you mentioned, they, they include things like Guy's Burger Joint. We're adding the Red Frog Rum Bar. We're adding the Blue Iguana Cantina. We are adding the Alchemy Bar. Uh, and we're adding the Blue Agana Tequila Bar. All these very popular features, uh, mostly primarily up in the open decks, which is obviously a very uh, important part of what we offer to our guests, um, that we know deliver great experience. And so we're very happy that the fascination now will be able to include these great new features and come right out of Dry Dock, right back into service, and um, really kickstart our whole rejuvenation and restart of our cruising from San Juan. Is, is Fascination scheduled to be in San Juan for the foreseeable future? Yes. Yeah, we believe it's a good uh, fit of a ship uh, because, um, you know, it is a fantasy, one of the fantasy-class ships, of which uh, we have eight of them. It has, as we've continued to invest in the Fascination and the other fantasy-class ships, it has state-of-the-art features um, that we've either instituted with new ships or we've decided to add to existing ships like we have with the Fascination. It, um, you know, from a guest standpoint, yeah, you know, people think that maybe some of the older ships are not, you know, they're, they're not for them. I can't tell you how popular the fascination and the fantasy class ships are. It is a, a ship of, uh, if you put two people in every cabin, just a little over 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. So it's not as large as the ships uh, that are coming out today. It has just a spectacular design. What I mean by that is, when you come aboard the Fascination, it's got uh, obviously all the great accommodations that we, you would want, but you, it's so easy to find its, your way around. You come to the main promenade, promenade deck, and you can find every public space on the ship from there. Uh, and then once you're kind of oriented that way, everything is very easy to find and uh, in a great location, no matter where you want to be on the ship. Are guests able to fly in a day early now before their cruise? Because I know that was an issue for people who were sailing, and I guess are still doing some cruise lines out of San Juan that you have to fly in day of because a lot of hotels aren't ready yet. Yeah, so one of the things when you ask about what it would take to be uh, confident to come back uh, for a home port operation like uh, San Juan, um, 
obviously we were studying the airlift very carefully to make sure that the airlift was uh, um, appropriate, and it certainly is now. In addition, uh, there is a good complement of hotel uh, opportunities available now. Not every hotel is open, but there's a great complement of really good hotel properties that are available for our guests if they want to spend a couple of nights before, a couple of nights after. And it's no longer the the case where those hotels are full with FEMA workers and relief workers. It's really becoming much more back to normal in terms of tourism. Because obviously in a destination like San Juan from the land side of the tourism, um, this is a peak time. Winter is mm-hmm. a peak time for them to be uh, ready and going. And so they wanted to put their best foot forward to show the the consumer world that they are back in the tourism business and they're ready to go. So, yeah, that is fully available. And as I said, the airlift is plenty adequate for our guests and there there won't be any constraints of trying to find a flight that will um, meet your schedule and meet your budget. Very cool. In closing here, Terry, what would you like our listeners to know about the Eastern Caribbean? Uh, the Eastern Caribbean is truly back, and it's not because Terry said it, it's because our guests are saying it. And, um, you know, when our guests say what they're saying about the ports, then you know that it's back in business and ready to roll. Um, and so we're very excited about getting the, the Carnival Fascination going again in San Juan. And uh, we're ready to, to move all across the Eastern Caribbean, as we have been. And, uh, just offer our guests a great Eastern Caribbean cruise experience. We've been talking with Terry Thornton, Carnival Senior Vice President of Port Operations. Thanks for being here, bud. Oh, thank you, Doug, and have a great day. This is Cruise Radio. Our next guest just returned from a 10-night Eastern Caribbean sailing aboard Norwegian Jim. So he was there, boots on the ground down there to give us a full report of what he thought about the state of the Eastern Caribbean. Richard Sims is with us. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so this was your first time sailing the Eastern Caribbean since the hurricanes in 2017. Well, first off, did you have any itinerary changes from your original 10-day itinerary? We actually had a massive itinerary change. Our original itinerary was... Um, it was 10 days, and we were going to Sa- San Juan, St. Thomas, St. Martin, and Tortola. And instead, we went to Antigua, St. Kitts, uh, St. Lucia, and St. Thomas. So the only one that actually stayed the same was St. Thomas. Everything else about it changed. We did have a lot of people who um, – they notified us months in advance – they knew this was going to be a long-term problem, so they notified us, you know, quite a bit in advance. Gave us the option of either, you know, changing or um, getting, you know, canceling this cruise and booking uh, another one with no charge, that kind of thing. Um, and we did see quite a few people change, but I was on the ship one way or the other. I didn't care where it was going. Ten days was ten days, so I stayed on with the new itinerary. So, with this new itinerary, what were your overall thoughts of the Eastern Caribbean? You know, most of the places we went, you didn't really notice a lot. Now, for one thing, um, I think the further you go away from cruise ports, the more you notice the damage. Mm-hmm. Most of what I did, I really did not go all that far away from from you know the center of where where the ships dock. The the most noticeable thing is that in St. Thomas, one of the biggest attractions in St. Thomas is, of course, the sky ride up to Paradise Point. And it is still closed. There's no indication, you know, there's no sign indication. There's nothing on their Facebook page indicating when it will be open. The last thing I saw was a while ago, the um, people who run it had posted something saying that uh, they still had to do, like, inspections and any repairs that had to be done. But there was no sign that even work was being done. So I don't know when that's going to open up. The only other real site that I noticed was um, when you're in 
the islands, uh, for example, St. Thomas, and you look off into the distance, you know, you can see all the houses up on the hills, and you noticed, and it took me a minute to figure out what it was, you noticed there was a lot of blue, and that is, of course, the blue tarps that they notoriously use to, um, you know, sort of serve as temporary roofing until they can get their roofs fixed, and you saw a lot of blue on the hills, so there's definitely, you know, there's definitely recovery yet to be done, but it's not terribly noticeable in the in the parts of towns and the parts of the islands that are going to be most visited by tourists as the ships come back. So when I was here a couple of months ago in St. Thomas, uh, there was like power lines all over the street in the port area. Is that all cleaned up now? It looked great. We docked in Haversite and I walked over to the one that I can never pronounce, Charlotte Amalie or whatever. So I walked all through there, all through the back streets and everything. Everything looked really good. There were a couple places where you saw, you could tell that like there had been a downed line. You could tell that like maybe a tree had snapped because it sort of stopped growing halfway. But for the most part, I don't think that the average tourist would have noticed really much different, except, like I said, the sky ride. A couple of moments ago, Terry was just telling us that the Eastern Caribbean is getting scored very well by cruise guests. In your experience on your 10-day sailing, did you feel the same? I would agree. I think, you know, everybody, I think a lot of times what you get out of a port is going to depend on how much you put into it. We did a lot of research going into this group. I was part of a Facebook group, and some of us said, you know, like, what do we want to do in Antigua? What do we want to do in St. Kitts? And we really researched what we wanted to do. I ended up going ziplining, and I went to a couple of resorts that I'd never been to. And, you know, by doing that and doing a little bit of research, we also were able to avoid any areas where there might be problems because we, we looked at current reviews to see what the current state of things was at the various attractions we were heading to. Okay, so with the – I mean, it sounds like the only real island you went to – well, you went to – did you say you went to St. Martin or that got changed? No, that was one of the ones okay. that got changed. So St. Thomas was pretty much the only island you went to that was really impacted. Yeah, very much so. Okay. Yeah. So the, the other islands you went to, um, I know some of them were out of the path uh, – were they pretty much operating as normal? Pretty much. Um, in Antigua, we went to a beach resort, and we were talking to the owner about um, you know, how the storm had hit. And they said that they were very lucky in that um, because of the cove they're in – they got very little damage, but had there been, you know, had the storm shifted two or three degrees in either direction, mm-hmm. it might have wiped them out. Wow. And you hear that a lot. Um, even on the islands that weren't really impacted, you hear them say, you know, it's really by the grace of God because had the storm shifted at all, it could have been us. You know, for example, we were in Antigua. And uh, that is right next door to Barbuda, and Barbuda was really hard hit. And even though they're, you know, they basically are close enough that you can just take a shuttle back and forth between them. One was devastated, and the other was left untouched. It's a lot like the stories you hear of tornadoes, where you know uh, the house next door is completely destroyed, and your house is in touch, untouched. Final thoughts of the Eastern Caribbean in this current state. You know, I think it's true of any island. Obviously, the ships and the islands have a, you know, a, the, the, a symbiotic relationship. The recovery at the islands is going to depend very much on how much money gets poured in. You know, most of these islands, they used to, even ones that used to have other uh, sources of income. For example, uh, I believe it was in St. Lucia, I was, be, I was told that they used to, you know, 80% of their money used to come from bananas, and now it's 
tourism. Mm -hmm. So they really rely on the ships coming in. And, you know, the only way they're going to continue to improve is if the tourists continue to come there via the boats and spend money. But at the same time, the ships and the lines all have an obligation that they take very, very seriously, that they know they need to deliver a good customer experience to the passengers. The more money that's being spent there by the ships, the the quicker the recovery will be. Richard Sims, writer at cruiseradio.net. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.